0: T shirt headed to work with a pack of red men in his pocket. He's kind of red man, but he's rockin'. Wears a beat up telly and a Marshall stack. Little Marshall Tucker and a six pack.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. We are back. It's week two, episode two, and we are back in this thing. Man, I been getting so much love after week one. Uh, so thanks to my family and friends who listened, liked, and shared. I appreciate it so much. Uh, it's got me pumped. You know, I'm ready to keep going. I already got like five weeks worth of topics for y'all, so I'm ready to go. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, so that song you just heard is called We Back by Jason Aldean from his newest album, which dropped today. Uh, it's his ninth studio album and it is so appropriately titled Nine. So go ahead and take a listen to that. Uh, he's one of my favorite artists. And if you know anything about me, I love country music. I love country music since high school. Uh, Rascal Flats was the one who kind of put me on to country music. So Jason Aldean is the best country music artist out. Uh, and if you disagree with me, then I don't really care. So we're going to keep it pushing. So what's good, everybody? It's Cedric Warren with said Talk. Get it? Like Ted Talk, but it's me. couple things. All right. So we're back. Uh, Second rankings have come out for the college football playoff. Uh, So here are the top four. If you didn't see it or if you're just a reminder, LSU sits at number one. Ohio State is at number two. Clem sucks. Yes, I say Clem sucks. Is at number three. And Georgia is at number four. Uh, We have Bama at number five and my ducks at number six. So nothing happened, right? So uh, nothing happened to change the scope of the college football playoff top four right there. Uh, If you remember last week, I picked... Georgia uh, excuse me not Georgia I picked Auburn to upset Georgia and Alabama Uh, I thought they could do it but they're Offense stalled until the fourth quarter, so that didn't happen. Uh, so that's where we're at. So remaining unchanged. So remaining, LSU has Arkansas and Texas A&M plus the SEC title game where they'll face Georgia. Ohio State has Penn State and Michigan plus the Big Ten title game. Now Ohio State has this kind of or like they're sleeping, like they're still blowing people out, they're still killing people each week, but you don't hear a lot of talk about them, right? The big talk is around what Alabama is going to do, what Georgia's is going to do what lsu is going to do a lot of sec bias within the college football playoff uh there i said it so if you're an sec fan you can get mad at me i don't care um penn state michigan both ranked and both can put up a fight against ohio state now i do think ohio state is well equipped to handle both of these teams i don't think michigan is in the position to uh, beat ohio state and it simply comes down to quarterback play justin field's as a freshman is much better than Shea Patterson as a senior, plain and simple. Uh, So, and the thing was, I thought Shea Patterson would be that thing that Michigan would need to really get over the hump and get them moving in a better direction they don't have a bad record but they're not um, you know not in top shape really so uh, sucks. has South Carolina Gamecocks left uh, I'm praying to God that we pull some magic out of our ass and can upset them and knock them out of the playoff but they still have the ACC title game which the uh, <clears throat> committee definitely takes into account so We definitely have to consider that they'll likely be in there no matter the ranking. And, of course, Georgia uh, rounds it out at number four. Uh, Texas A&M and Georgia Tech are their last two games. So, Bama. Now, if you were watching this past weekend, you saw the uh, horrific injury to Tua. And it kind of makes you wonder why he was in the game. It was 35-7. He gets tackled by two huge defensive linemen. Injures his hip. Uh, I know Nick Saban said they wanted to do two minute offense. Yeah, it's one of those things where a freak accident could happen anytime, but when you're on the outside looking in and you need to make sure you win all your games for the rest of the way, uh, he would have been on the bench. I promise you 21, seven, seven, he would have been on the bench, uh, but hindsight is 2020. So there you go. Um, so they got worse than Carolina. Then they got the iron bowl. So if you're not familiar with football, the iron bowl is Alabama versus Auburn. If, Auburn plays like they did against Georgia, then no matter who's that quarterback, they're not going to win. Uh, they waited all of maybe 45, 50 minutes out of the 60 minutes they had to play to try and make a comeback against Georgia and almost did it. But Fourth and two, uh, Bo Nix made a horrible pass and just couldn't convert that fourth and two to keep it going. So I hope they come out with some fire in that game. And the reason I'm hoping is because if Auburn can upset Alabama, that means my Ducks can slide in there. My Ducks got uh, Arizona State and Oregon State the next two weeks plus the Pac-12 championship likely against Utah, which I think they can fully handle. Okay? More aggressive offense, a very – Larger offensive line that pushes people around uh, the run game is the staple for Oregon now. So uh, That's where we're at with that. I'm gonna give you my national championship prediction If the top four stays the same and right now I have LSU and Ohio State in a national championship So with the top four it would be one versus Three two versus four and I definitely think LSU and Ohio State are the best two teams that could <clears throat> play in that All right, next thing, moving on. So, since we're talking about playoffs, right, um, I wanna get into another playoff of sorts. All right, so I have tasted the oh so coveted Popeyes chicken sandwich. Finally, round two, right? I missed it the first craze when everybody was going nuts and they sold out across the nation. I didn't get it. So, uh, I was back home in South Carolina this weekend and I got a chance to get one. So, I got a spicy one, I thought it was good. Uh, I really thought it was good. I think the sauce really made it. It was crunchy. Uh, Something you don't necessarily see all the time from chicken sandwiches, depending on how you get it. fried chicken sandwich, Nashville hot, uh, grilled, whatever. But it had that normal Popeye's crunch, and I thought it was good. So with that being said, I'm going to give you my chicken sandwich playoff rankings. Okay, so here are my top four. Sitting at number one, I had it going into this, but really really like the past day, I I thought about it. Chick-fil-A is still gonna be at my number one, and here's why. Chick-fil-A is consistent, right? Chick-fil-A will never disappoint you. I've never had a bad Chick-fil-A sandwich. I never had bread too hard. I never had missing pickles. I never had dry chicken. I never had anything. Now granted, you may have to add some things to it, but it's still the best chicken sandwich out there, hands down. So that's my number one. Chick-fil-A is like Alabama, okay? Uh, Conservative in nature, but still gets it done and so widely popular, okay? With that being said, Popeyes is my number two, specifically that spicy one, and I think Popeyes is like Clemson, right? So it's new. Clemson is new within the last seven to 10 years of being on the national stage, winning and competing for national championships. So Popeye's is my number two. My number three is Wendy's. Okay, I think a lot of people forgot about Wendy's, right? We know they're famous for burgers and things like that, but their chicken sandwiches are good. Now, I'm going to equate them, okay, uh, to like a... (sighs) I guess you could say they're like Georgia, right? Because sometimes I've been to Wendy's and they're hit or miss, right? Georgia comes into the season usually with a lot of hype and then they let you down. You know, so Wendy's chicken sandwich sometimes, depending on where you go, the particular restaurant, it can have a lot of hype and then it lets you down. So that's my number three. And then sleeper right here that a lot of people probably didn't consider. But after talking to two of my OBs the other day, Zaxby's. Right So Zaxby's doesn't give you a full Like breast A full of chicken breast But they give you strips on toast Right And their toast slaps So uh, That's my number four Outside looking in Is KFC at number five I did stop in Kentucky On the way back From South Carolina I wanted to grab something to eat real quick And I tried one of their sandwiches uh, I used to get their snackers Which were really good Now they put it on to a better uh, Bun A bigger bun I should say And Um KFC is my number five. So that is my chicken sandwich playoffs. Okay, so Chick-fil-A at number one. Popeye's at number two. Wendy's at number three and Zaxby's at number four. Uh, In the comments, give me your top four. I know that the big debate has been between Chick-fil-A and Popeye's, which one is better. But uh, Chick-fil-A has not let me down ever. So I got to keep rolling with them. All right. So moving on to our next thing. Um, This has been a a, a good NFL season. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it is the year of the quarter black. Yes, I said that right. Quarter black. All right. So look at it. You got Lamar Jackson or Lamarveless Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Magic Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, uh, Cam is hurt, but you know he usually gives you 100% most seasons. Uh, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jacoby Brissett. Now let me give you a little stat right here. Three out of the five top passing leaders in the league are black QBs. Dax at number one after a 444-yard game against Detroit. Jameis is at number three. Now, as Terrible as he's been playing, he's been throwing for a lot of yards. Uh, Tampa is a decent team. They're back and forth with wins and losses. Um, He throws a lot of interceptions. Uh, but he does throw for a lot of yards as well. As long as you have Mike Evans, you, you can complete a lot of passes for a lot of yards. Uh, he's 6'5", 240. I mean, that's very hard to to cover. So, uh, And then Mahomes sits at number four. <clears throat> so outside of that top five, you got Russell Wilson at number eight uh, and Kyler Murray at ten. So a, a rookie right there, right? So five black QBs in the top ten. Um, Dak, Russell, Jacoby, and Lamar have teams in first place. look at that. So Cowboys are in first place uh, Seahawks are are up in first place and then uh, excuse me <coughs> Seahawks are in second place. The Niners are in first place in the West. But still, um, Jacoby Brissett for the Colts has them in sitting at first. And, of course, Lamar Jackson has the uh, Ravens at first place. So the reason I I bring this up is because, one, it's just great to see these people who, of course— Uh, We don't see too many black QBs, right? Not this many playing at a high level in the league. We haven't seen that in a long time, if ever, really. Uh, This is the one position that was considered to be too almost intellectual for us, right? The the stereotype was that all we can do is run. Um we can't sit back in the pocket, we can't read the defenses. We're just going to kind of move around and make things happen with our legs and stuff like that. Fun to watch, but if you're a football purist, you're thinking this is not how a quarterback should play, right? Typically, you're thinking 6 foot 4 white guy for 840 time, but can stand in the pocket and throw. Basically, you're thinking about Tom Brady, right? Stands there, picks apart the defense with his, with his knowledge, and then and then makes the throw, right? Or Peyton Manning. Uh, but these guys have the IQ. Uh, if you listen to Lamar Jackson, or especially Deshaun Watson, listen to Deshaun Watson after, after some of his uh, post games, he breaks down defenses like a champ, I mean, the man is smart, and he can do it not only with his legs, but definitely with his arms and definitely with his mind. All these quarterbacks are smart. Uh, I believe they win with their mind first, arms second, and legs are just a compliment because – In this league, if my corners are getting faster, if my corners are running four threes, four twos, if my defensive ends and linebackers who are all of 250, 300 pounds are running four fours and four fives, why would I have a slow ass quarterback who just wants to sit in the pocket? If my offensive line sucks, then I got to keep stuff alive. So my legs are an asset. Plain and simple. All right. uh, so I'm a diehard Cowboys fan So of course Dak is my guy I just got his jersey this year um, So I'm super proud to see him at the top Of the, the uh, passing leader list Even though our record doesn't necessarily reflect that He is balling and having a season uh, So we gotta come up off that check uh, When it's time to Pay him at the end of this year So I am rooting for all these guys uh, Kyler Murray um, Came up off of $9 million From the Oakland A's to play in the NFL So I am rooting for For all these guys to be successful and have great long careers, I think we're gonna see some exciting matchups. Uh, I. I would love to see Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson play in a playoff game. I think that would be super exciting. The first matchup was kind of – it didn't go well. But I think in a playoff matchup, you know, they've seen each other once or twice. They could definitely uh, bring some magic and stuff like that. All right. So my next thing, we're going to transition from the gridiron to the classroom, right? So here's another area where we don't see too many black males on the forefront, right? So my question is – where are all the black male educators? Right. Um, why do we not see more black teachers, black male teachers in the classrooms? OK, uh, so I I hope this kind of this me bringing this up just makes you think about it. Right. And and consider a couple things. Um so I'll talk about what's happening back home in Columbia, South Carolina, in the district that I came up in, Richland, too. Uh, recently, they hosted an event to recruit and retain minority male teachers in the district. Uh, it's called the Premier 100 Summit. And like I said, they're recruiting and retaining, but they're also sharing uh, classroom best practices, of course. So I'm all for collaboration. What one teacher does well, another can probably pick up and, and take it to their classroom or just overall um I guess you can say overall uh, methods uh, that they can take when they're teaching. Right. Um, so having male teachers of color is important. Right. Um, the article mentioned that it reduces dropout rates and increases chances of attending college. So simply by having a black face in the classroom, we're seeing those increases. Richland, two is at six percent of black male teachers, um, considering that the district population is probably just over 50 percent African-American. Six percent isn't as good as it seems. And then nationally, there's only two percent. Right. It is a widespread problem. We do not see black male educators in the classroom. Right. And I want to know also leave this in the comments. I want to know throughout your school tenure. Right. Tell me how many black male teachers you had? Um, and then tell me how many weren't coaches, right? Because you kind of get this stereotype that, you know, the black male teacher is also a coach. He's the basketball coach. He's a football coach. Uh, he's, he may be a, a track coach or something like that. How many are just strictly academic? Work? How many people had like a, a nerd for a, a teacher, a black male teacher, right? Um, I had five black teachers from the time I started kindergarten all the way through my master's degree and that's over 18 years of school five five female professors and teachers no black males whatsoever I had a third grade teacher who was black. I had a sixth grade math teacher, a 10th grade English teacher, and then I had two professors at the University of South Carolina where I graduated from uh, who were in my history and public health classes as professors. All right. So I I think the big question I, I just wonder is, like, what's keeping us out of the classroom? What is it that doesn't really appeal to us to stand in front of our our youth to say, I'm your teacher, I'm here to help you and things like that. I, I know we do it in different different ways, um, but how are we not really gravitating towards that? I know about some programs such as the Call Me Mr. program, uh, which helps get more black males into the classroom as educators, helps with job placement, um, some payback on loans and things like that, which is great. So maybe that might be the case, right? Uh, we know teachers don't necessarily make much uh, across the board and they have to deal with a lot. Uh, We saw that with this recent uh, Red for Ed uh, thing happening. I know it happened here in Indiana. I think it was a nationwide thing. I'll talk about that more next week in another project I'm working on to help teachers in their classrooms. Um, So I'll give you more on that next week. But yeah, so I just wanna know what you think in the comments. Uh, One, tell me how many black male teachers you had in your time, and then tell me also, what are some ways do you think we can attract more black male teachers into the classroom? All right, so. With that being said, we're gonna keep moving on. All right, so our next thing. I know last week I talked about Kamala Harris's uh, Family Friendly Schools Act, okay? Uh, So I mentioned it briefly, like I said, the purpose is to extend school hours from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. to help working parents. Uh, And I think this will be implemented throughout California since she is a senator there, uh, or not a senator, but a lawmaker and stuff like that there. so I, I think this is something that she wants to propose there. So it would help working parents reduce the cost of after-school care. And when I say working parents, I'm talking about those that don't have the power to just say, oh, it's 430. I got to go get my kid or it's five o'clock. I got to slide to go get my kid. We're talking about those ones who are really on shift work and, you know, they're paid hourly or they don't necessarily have the freedom to just up and leave and go get their kid whenever they're. Kind of, you know, they're almost at the mercy of their job in, uh, in their bosses sometimes, right? We know that exists, so that's the purpose of it, right? So it's going to help them reduce costs because after school care can be expensive, like I mentioned. Depending on how many kids you have, where you live, um, how far you got to drive, all that stuff adds up. So, uh, like I said, think outside of ourselves. I know a lot of my network uh, has the ability to do so. For those who have kids and things like that so I'm thinking about the people who may not be able to do that so this bill would authorize 1.3 billion dollars annually to allow more children's summer programming as well um, legislation would award five-year grants up to five million dollars to school districts to implement elementary schools serving high numbers of low-income families so again it's, it's targeted right um, grant aims to fund programs that would allow schools to provide academic athletic and enrichment opportunities during the extended hours right so this is for elementary schools right we know that childhood obesity is a problem we know that a lot of sports programs are being cut and PE is almost not even a requirement anymore so this type of money this type of work could definitely help reduce some of those things and of course uh, kids are able to stay on the school grounds and be in a safer environment Uh, So the bill would also allow schools to remain open during events such as parent teacher conferences, uh, professional development days. We know teachers have a lot of those, several of those throughout the year, uh, providing cost free enrichment activities to students, even on weekdays when there are no classes. So think about like teacher work days or, you know, um, just a regular, maybe a state holiday or something like that. Uh, The exception to this is federal holidays, uh, weekends and emergencies. So things like uh, uh, what's a federal holiday? I think like Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But they're usually out for break at that time. So uh, the good thing is teachers are not required to work long hours and then they plan on compensating uh, for the additional hours they choose to work. So um It has some support from additional senators. Uh, I will drop the link to the actual document in the uh, comments. So be sure to check that out, read it fully for yourself. Uh, And just my quick opinion. um, I like it. Again, I I think on a bigger picture and because I work in public health and because I've worked in uh, different areas where I've seen people from various SESs or social economic statuses, I definitely think this is a good start to helping people pull out. Um, it's, it's needs based. Uh, there's an application process for it. So it's just not going to be handed out willy nilly. I know a lot of people are often, you know, upset with the government because of a lot of just frivolous spending and things like that. So, um, that's where we're at right there. All right. Um, Last thing, new traditions. Right. So it's the holiday season coming up and I know a lot of us um, have various things we got going on. Uh, So no matter your religious affiliation or how you celebrate, you know, I hope everyone has the opportunity to spend time with those they care about. I remember family traditions of mine from cutting down live trees, hanging lights, which I did this past weekend, uh, and then traveling to my grandmother's house in Virginia uh, for Christmas. Uh, So those are things that I cherish and things that I hope that if it isn't something you've done before, I hope you start. Um, Starting new traditions can be just as important as continuing old ones, okay? Uh, Build those moments that you and your loved ones uh, can share for years to come, right? I know about you know, a lot of our history as African-Americans has been stripped away from us. And eventually, you know, it died away with our grandparents and those before them. So there's nothing wrong with starting something new. Uh, And I encourage people to start something new, whether it's small by saying, we're not gonna do turkey on Thanksgiving, but we're gonna do shrimp, or we're gonna do seafood and other things like that, or we'll go out to uh, the movies or go out to eat or something like that instead. you know, and, and then, too, I encourage us to document it. Right. Um, in this age of technology, cell phones, cameras are phenomenal. So um, take pictures of your family members, your loved ones, especially your older loved ones, your parents, your, anybody you consider a parent, uh, what guardian, whatever, or anybody you consider family, take pictures with them do videos, save those in the cloud, on a thumb drive or your laptop, um, because it's important to start to recreate this lineage that we lost as African-Americans that was taken away from us. And I think we have the power to really create new documentation of who we are and what we've gone through and what we're currently going through and where we're going Um, so that kind of rolls into my advice and my quote Uh, you know my advice really is to just continue to spend time with your family It is no day is guaranteed, uh, and no uh, time with your family is guaranteed either. Um, I know there's a lot of pieces to spending time with family. Sometimes family isn't always the greatest, but uh, as I say with my homeboy Daniel, uh, family isn't always blood. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the people you're you're closest to are in no way related to you genetically, but uh, they're there for you. They care for you. They love you. Uh, they'll be there for you when you need it, and that's what. But my definition of family is All right. Uh, All right. So lastly, uh, just want to give a quick shout out to my friend Shervon Moore of Seymour Possibilities. Uh, I had a baby blanket made for my nephew Paxton last month and it came out great. It's a Dallas Cowboys one and it has his name on it. Um, So it is on my Instagram page. So definitely scroll through. I'll probably post it again so you can see it. Uh, So go ahead and uh, follow her at c.moore, M O O R E possibilities on Instagram. Uh, She does embroidery, printing, bedazzling, whatever. It's all custom gifts and handmade things. So I definitely want to support black businesses while I'm on here and while you're listening. All right. So that's all I got. Be sure to like and comment, uh, share the link with everybody. Again, I appreciate the shares, the love everything from the first one. I'm so excited. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at IREPDA5. That is I-R-E-P-D-A-P-H-I-V-E. And then next week, our said Talk episode will drop on Thanksgiving Day. So be sure to listen, okay, uh, while you're cooking or clapping back at your auntie or whatever. Be sure to listen to the Sad Talk podcast for week three. And then I'll talk to you all next week. And we're going to let this Jason Aldean fade us out. I got a grip on a if it's
0: what she likes. Getting picked up and picked up. And kicking it with guys like us. We back, we back, we back in the speakers. Back in black, getting blasted in the bleachers. It's probably true what my mama said. I do it just like my daddy did.